The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning, or hello again. So this poem that I read during the guided meditation, maybe it's written by a poet who was inspired by the poems of the Terigata. Some of you might know the Terigata are the poems of awakening poems of women from the time of the Buddha. And this poet was inspired by them and reinterpreted them. And I wrote new poems, which I think are lovely, which I think are really lovely. And maybe I'll just quickly repeat the poem here. While walking along the river, after a long day meditating on Vulture Peak, I watched an elephant splashing its way out of the water and up the bank. Hello, my friend, the person waiting there said, scratching the elephant behind its ear. Did you have a good bath? The elephant stretched out its leg, the person climbed up, and the two rode off like that, together. Seeing what had once been so wild, now a friend and companion to this good person, I took a seat under the nearest tree and reached out a gentle hand to my own mind. Truly, I thought, this is why I came to the woods. So sometimes meditation practice is not befriending our mind, but instead there's a certain type of beating ourselves up or berating ourselves or speaking disparagingly about ourselves, about our practice. And so what would it mean for us to make friends with our minds? What would it mean to soften this inner critic that sometimes shows up with a meditation practice? And so this inner critic, we might think of it as something like a sub-personality inside of us, a certain dynamic or constellation of experiences that puts us down, belittles us as this judging, blaming, nagging. It has this quality of harshness. And it kind of creates this inner climate or this inner environment of harshness. And when this inner critic is up and running, there's this pervasive sense of inadequacy of not being enough. Whatever I'm doing is not quite right or somehow insufficient. And so when there's the inner critic is really allowed, as authoritative or really present, there's a sense of that we just don't accept things. It's not good enough. It's not okay. I don't accept it. whatever, Whatever our experience is, this shouldn't be happening. And the Four Noble Truths, of course, recognize that the first truth is there is suffering. And then the second Noble Truth is there's something that's underlying that suffering. And so instead of asking the question, like, what is underlying this? What is supporting this? 
when the inner critic is really up and running, we often ask, am I doing it right? We might have this feeling that we're not doing it right. So can we, as one way of making friends with the mind, can we change the question instead of, am I doing this right? I'm sure I'm not doing this right. Can we change the question to one of, how am I? How am I right now? And this question is very different. It has this question of kindness. Rather than meeting demands, it's a question of care. So when we notice that the inner critic is really up and running, can we make friends with the mind? And one way to do this is to just ask, how am I? How am I in this moment? And so there's another poem that points to this, points to this orientation of kindness and friendship with oneself and with one's mind, with what's happening at that moment. This is by the same poet, whom I'll say at the end, but right now I'll just read the poem. The poem goes like this. After 25 years on the path, I'd experienced almost everything except peace. When I was young, my mother told me that I would find true happiness only in marriage. And remembering her words all those years later, something in me began to tremble. I gave myself to the trembling, and it showed me all the pain this little heart had ever known. And how countless lives of searching had brought me at last to the present moment, which I happily married. And can you imagine? We've been living together ever since without a single argument. I love this poem, right? It kind of has this little twist in there that uh, we're not expecting. And the poem starts with, it seems as if this practitioner had difficulty with practice. Practitioner writes, after 25 years on the path, I'd experienced almost everything except peace. Sometimes this is a way in which the inner critic shows up. It's like 25 years, you know, however long, 25 minutes, (laughs) 20 weeks or whatever, however long we're been practicing, sometimes we have this feeling like, I should get it by now. I should be having different experiences. I've been having experienced everything, all this terribleness, except peace. There might be some way in which the inner critic shows up, telling us that we should have different experiences than what we're having. And then in this poem, the practitioner allowed herself to Tremble. And some of you might know that trembling is kind of like a compassion, sometimes described as quivering of the heart. So what if this trembling that that practitioner here, this 
poet is pointing to is this quivering of the heart, this compassion. And showing the pain that she'd had, like all these years being met with compassion. And then she marries the present moment. And then she said, can you imagine? Let's see, what was, we've been living together ever since without a single argument. And I kind of like this idea of that, uh, like marrying the present moment, because there's a way, right, in which there's a commitment, there's a loyalty. But with no guarantees, it's always going to be fun and easy. Like, we know this. We know this in our relationships with everybody, you know, whether friends, family members, spouses, partners, kids, right? We know this with all of our relationships that sometimes there's some ease and sometimes there's some difficulties, but we can have this commitment, this loyalty to staying. And here she's staying with the present moment. So what would it mean to stay with the present moment, even though it's not always easy? Not always pleasant. And then maybe I'll bring in a third poem written by the same poet. And it goes like this. And it's, a, you know, of course, the same theme. I was forever getting lost until one day the Buddha told me to walk this path you will need seven friends, mindfulness, curiosity, courage, joy, calm, stillness, and perspective. For many years, these friends and I have traveled together, sometimes wandering in circles, sometimes taking the long way around. There were days when I thought I couldn't go on. There were days when I thought I was finally beaten. It's scary to give all of yourself to just one thing. What if you don't make it? Oh, my heart, you don't have to go it alone. Train yourself to train just a little more gently. Oh, my heart, you don't have to go it alone. Train yourself to train just a little more gently. Some of you might recognize that the list of the seven friends at the beginning of this poem are the seven factors of awakening. Here, this poet is uh, interpreting them as mindfulness, curiosity, courage, joy, calm, stillness, and perspective. That's fantastic. Can you imagine if we have these as friends, as companions on our path? And then the poet is adding a few more things to this list, this confidence or maybe some conviction or some trust. Maybe some antidotes to doubt. This idea, the poet writes, it's scary to give all of yourself to just one thing. What if you don't make it? And right, and this is something where the inner critic shows up. It's like, what if you don't make it? I better like hedge my bets and maybe I'll do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, or I'll be present only sometimes when it's pleasant or not other times or something like this. But instead is 
pointing to this gentle persistence at the end with this emphasis on gentle, making these seven factors, making some confidence or conviction part of the companions on this path. Rather than something we're supposed to do, rather than something that we're supposed to do to make ourselves better or somehow fix something, what would it be like to just have these companions on our path? In the same way that we make friends with the mind, make friends with the present moment, what would it be like to be friendly with the seven factors of awakening, to invite them in as companions? So these three poems, some of you might have heard of them, some of you not perhaps, um, are by Matty Weingast. Last name is spelled W-E-I-N-G-A-S-T, Matty Weingast. And these are poems that are um, collected in this book that's called The First Free Women, Poems of the Early Buddhist Nuns. And these are Maddie's interpretation of some awakening poems of some women. And they're really beautiful. I love them. They bring in a certain amount of whimsy. They bring in something that seems so relevant in the way of describing practice in a, I don't know, coming from a different angle instead of this is what we should do or something heavy or, but instead, kind of, I'll say for me, it just makes my heart sing in some kind of way. And I feels like there's some openness and ease, a real invitation to bring this singing, this openness, this ease to our practice. So this week we'll be exploring different poems, but like maybe point to practice, but in a different way, in a way that hopefully is a way that maybe nourishes and warms the heart and then allows kind of like an invitation to all aspects of ourselves including the inner critic, they're invited to and bring this wholeheartedness to our practice. So thank you, and I'll see you tomorrow.